Do you want to find joy in being both a parent and a business owner? Then come and play with us here at the Playful Mompreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Shelley Tonkin-Smith, and I'm on a mission to help moms to start and grow their own businesses in a way that's as simple and as fun as child's play. Join me as I talk about things like playful productivity, tools and tech, and building a special kind of business, a business that supports your desire to be a fully present parent and to have the time and space to truly connect with your kids. You'll also hear from other mompreneurs and some dadpreneurs who are rocking this double gig of parenting and business ownership, with some of them even throwing homeschooling into the mix. Get the inside track on both their struggles and what's working for them, and then use that as inspiration for building your playful business. You ready? Let's play. Hello, Playful Mompreneur. It's Shelley Tonkin-Smith and Happy New Year. It is 2022 and I have got a great guest to kick off the new year with some inspiration. Lauren Kinghorn is all about inspiring moms to follow their passions and to choose happiness. She's a blogger and online entrepreneur who has not one, but three web-based businesses, including her flagship blog, Inspiring Mompreneurs. She's also got Happy Human Pacifier, a blog on breastfeeding, and laurenkinghorn.com, where she writes about digital entrepreneurship. And when we chatted, she was in the process of starting yet another business based on her passion for plant-based eating. But now I have got to tell you all that I have been hanging on to this interview for a good few months. In fact, I'm kind of glad that it's a new year so that I can say that, oh, we did this interview last year and you'll think I'm just making a bit of a joke. And the reason is that Lauren is ridiculously awesome to chat to. And she and I hit it off so well that we ended up talking for nearly three hours. And I know that your walk in the park or your commute to work or cooking dinner is not going to take you that long. So don't worry. I've done some editing. I've done a lot of editing. And I'll be releasing Lauren's interview in three separate episodes, each focusing on a specific theme. So in today's episode, Lauren shares with us how she started her first blog. That's the breastfeeding blog called Happy Human Pacifier and how she monetized it right from early on through what she thought were really cheeky, but they were totally legitimate tactics. But not all tactics are equal, so she shares why she's decided to take a different approach as she starts her plant-based eating business. We then got into such a cool brainstorming session on some ideas for a minimum viable product, or MVP, to kick off Lauren's new business. So if you're looking for MVP ideas or you want to know what an MVP is in the first place, then stick around because that's going to be in the second part of the interview. But an MVP could really change your life through a simple approach and get you really great results. Now, I really should have known that Lauren and I would hit it off because we were introduced by Lynn Haysaman. She's one of the loveliest human beings on the planet. And she's featured on episodes 8, 9, and 10 of the Playful Mompreneur podcast. 
And yes, Lynn also needed three episodes. And you'll hear us mention Lynn in this podcast episode that's coming up and in the next two that follow. So talking of those episodes that follow, in our next episode, which will be episode 29, Lauren will be sharing more about how she manages her time and productivity by keeping a playful attitude and choosing happiness. And in what will be episode 30, I picked Lauren's brain about using LinkedIn for connecting with clients and finding community. And I know a lot of us are a little fatigued about the usual social media channels. So if you're in that boat like Lauren and I, and are feeling a little bit meh about all the other social media channels, then tune into that one and she'll give some great LinkedIn tips, including some ideas for mompreneurs who are just getting started. We're just about ready to dive into today's interview. But before we do that, let me just tell you a little bit more about Lauren She's one of the most multi-passionate entrepreneurs I know, as you've already heard. And she's just bubbling with happiness and enthusiasm. It is really so refreshing. She and her husband have an eight-year-old son and she has a bonus daughter who's a teenager. And Lauren lives in Cape Town, just a stone's throw away from the beach, where she takes her energetic puppy for walks every day. Lauren's entrepreneurial journey started when she was still at school. She taught classes at her mom's gym and then she took over the running of the gym after her mom had a back operation. Then after school, she studied copywriting, but she just found the deadlines super stressful. And so then she retrained as a massage therapist. I told you she's multi-passionate. And she ran a very successful therapy business for several years until she reached a point of burnout. And it was at this point that she discovered a health supplement that really improved her health and just changed her life so incredibly that she ended up working for the company, eventually rising to the rank of head of network marketing, a position and a job that she said was probably her favorite job of her life. But then at the age of 40, she became a mom, something that she'd always wanted, and everything changed along with it. And that's where we pick things up in this interview. Lauren, welcome to the podcast. It's so wonderful to have you here. Thank you so much. It's really awesome to be here. So, Lauren, tell us a little bit more about your businesses. You have a few business interests at the moment, and I think even are looking beyond your current businesses. So, tell us what you are busy with at the moment. Okay, so for the last five years, I've been building three niche websites. Um, One's on breastfeeding, one's on mom entrepreneurs, and one is on digital entrepreneurship. So that's in a nutshell what I've been doing. And there's a few other passive income streams that I've started adding into that. (laughs) So I would say for the decade of my 20s, I was doing massage therapy. For the decade of my 30s, I was doing sales. And then I got to my 40s and then everything screeched to a halt in terms of business because I became a mom. (laughs) (laughs) And my husband 
I was like, I, it was really the perfect time for me. I mean, I'd always wanted to be a mom. I, I, I love, you know, I love the whole momming thing. And I was like, I was so into this. And by now I'd sewed all my wild oats. I'd done all the things I wanted to do in life. Practically, I was like, done, you know. Now I could just be a mom. And my husband gave me that opportunity. So he basically said, okay, forget about working for the first six months while you're breastfeeding, you know. And we thought it was going to be six months and then I would start, you know, with a baby-led weaning and it would all, you know, I could go back to work. But six months became a year, became two years, you know. And <laughs> I kept breastfeeding and I kept just being a mom and it was, it was just so wonderful so after cool. all these years of business. Um, mm. Yeah, and I just, I guess I found this really feminine side and this really, you know, I really got back down to my roots and, I mean, you know, the, you know, being a mom and, and without any stress, it was so lovely. There was literally no stress to be anything else but out there with him on his little black motorbike doing the little things he wanted to do, just just really enjoying those formative years. It, it was absolutely stunning. Such a gift. Yeah, it yeah. was. It was. It was a total, total gift, and we we loved it. And then we both started wanting more, both my son and I. <laughs> he, okay. he felt like he was ready, and he started going to school. And when he started going to school, I started my first blog. So that okay. is how I got to this journey of blogging. <laughs> is that when you started Happy Human Pacifier? Okay. So, so that's that when I started Happy Human Pacifier. Yes. Okay. So I started Happy Human Pacifier because I, I planned to write this book called Happy to Be a Human Pacifier. I overheard a little conversation with somebody where a friend yeah. of mine was saying, you know, this child is using me like a human pacifier. And <laughs> I was like, and I just, I just had this thought as she said it, I thought, but I actually love being my child's human pacifier. <laughs> I love it. I think it's amazing. And because she was saying, and then I just take him off the breast and I realize, you know, he's not there to get milk anymore. And, and her thing was like, she didn't want the child to use her as a human pacifier. But I thought, no, but that's what I love about breastfeeding, mm. that you just, you, the world stops and mm. you're just there. It's just you and your baby. And mm. all you're doing is you're just giving love and receiving love kind of thing. That's yeah. what it feels like. You're just, you're in this moment. I, like for me, I felt, <laughs> I felt that breastfeeding was, was like the closest I got to having a total spiritual um, awakening, enlightenment experience because, you know, we'd be there. And I, I mean, you know, when you have that let down feeling and you just, yeah. you, you just feel this oneness with the world and just this love for all human beings. Mm -hmm. It's just this amazing, I don't know if you ever felt like yeah. that. Yeah, but if you can, yeah, like breastfeeding for me was that. It was mm -hmm. like total enlightenment. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, so back to Happy Human Pacifier. So then I had this big thing, I'm going to write this book, Happy to be a Human Pacifier. And then I, but I'd done this course previously, like when I was still working in sales, about if you're going to write a book, you need to actually create a platform to sell your book because there's no point in writing a book if you don't have people who are going to buy it, you know. Mm. So mm -hmm. I'd done this whole course before that. So I thought, oh, okay, so I can't just write the book because I need to have a following. So I need to learn how to build the following. And that's how I found Wealthy Affiliate. So Wealthy Affiliate, it's a really big like blogging network where you can all, you know, you all chat and you comment on each other's blogs and whatever. It's really fantastic. And so there we were at Wealthy Affiliate and the blogging bug basically bit because mm -hmm. there I thought I was going to just be writing a book and creating this blog to sell the book. 
I went, I veered off in a completely different direction and then I just created blog after blog. <laughs> Book's not done yet. <laughs> How many years? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm five years now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, five years, okay. still no book. But sometimes, yeah, sometimes like yeah. there's different plans for you. Like your exactly. organic growth journey. Sometimes they're different plans. I, I can just relate because that's how this yeah. podcast has arisen is because I wanted to talk to playful mompreneurs and build up my audience for releasing my book. And I thought I'm doing this, all these interviews, might as well record them as podcasts. And the podcast is also taking on a whole life of its own, which is so fun. So sometimes it's also cool to just run with these things that are maybe just feeling energetically like totally. aligned. Go for it. Yeah. And, and, you know, if there's excitement there, then run with it. Okay, cool. So, so I know. This is the new world. I mean, this is yeah, how world works. Yeah. And women work like this anyway. We are yeah. gatherers, right? So we do go with one idea and then the next idea. We don't need to be in one solid thing for our whole lives, the same thing. It's just not like us. I don't think I that's in our personality. I, I really yes. feel like each decade I need to reinvent myself completely <laughs> and it happens on its own you know it yeah, just does yeah because yeah. yes. we're going through different phases of life as well yeah and even as a mom so what happened with the breastfeeding side so that was my first one but then when I got to the end of my breastfeeding journey which was a very long journey granted it was four years but um when I got to the end of it it was like oh well now all of the wind's gone out of my sails for breastfeeding you know and by then my mom entrepreneur site had really taken off so so I haven't done a lot I'd like I keep thinking I need to sell this breastfeeding site to somebody who's still got that same passion and they're still breastfeeding because you you know you talk about breastfeeding and you're in like the whole breastfeeding mode for a certain time of your life and then when you're out of it you're out of it mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I you know I do you know if there are any listeners out there who want to buy a wonderful breastfeeding site there we go yeah. <laughs> very cool and I think also nice yeah. to just know that seasonality of businesses and exactly. you don't need to start a business with the view that this has to be my business for the next 10 15 20 years you you can and I love that idea of just the permission the the feminine permission to to gather a little bit you know and to be (laughs) that gatherer and (laughs) yeah I think it's our multi-passionate we are multi-passionate and that's what makes Mm. us so amazing that's what makes us so amazing as mothers as entrepreneurs because we bring so much to the party Mm. and coaches as well coaches and mentors who have been through this kind of process Mm. all do so well because you know they have the experience of life they're not going to just plug into some plug and play coaching system Mm. they're going to actually bring in everything they are into you know their coaching and mentoring so Mm. yeah I do think that that is why it's so important you know if we're going to give to the world we need to bring all of ourselves to the world you know Mm. and Mm. yeah we have so much to bring when you really think about it yeah yeah. So then we went from happy human pacifier to inspiring mompreneurs. And then at some point we were told a wealthy friend, you must make sure, you know, in case you become rich and famous one day that you make a website on your name before it's gone, you know. So uh-huh. then I created Lauren King on, had no idea what to do with it. Thought I would just do it about my, you know, digital entrepreneur journey. But here's what's happened to my website. So 
Lynn taught me how to grow income on my website a lot earlier than most people do because affiliate marketing can be quite slow. It takes quite a bit of time to build up the readership base um, for your website before you really can do anything with your affiliate marketing. Um, So she taught me to do sponsored posts. So we set up a gig on Fiverr um, or I set up a a few gigs on Fiverr and started selling that service and then people started coming to me. So I was selling the service of basically having guest posts on my website or sponsored posts. So a guest post is where somebody prepares the whole post for me. They write it. Some of them give pictures, some of them don't. But then I'm going to format it and put it in my own way, create my Pinterest pins, etc., and put it up onto the site. Sometimes I do some keyword research myself and, you know, change it a little bit just to make sure that it's still me. So that's a guest post. And then a sponsored post is where I will write the post myself. So they will just give some keyword or anchor text that they want me to use or a topic they want me to use. And then I'll go ahead and write the post myself. Well, actually, most most of the time, because I'm so slow, very, very slow in writing posts, I actually farm that out to my content writer now, who also I got from Lynn. I mean, she's been able to write, not for us, but for another client. She wrote, I think, 40 posts on concrete. So anyone who can write 40 posts on concrete can write absolutely anything. (laughs) I'll give her a post and sometimes it'll come back to me in about half an hour. It honestly will take me eight hours to write the post because I I over-research it, you know, I go completely in depth and then I'm supposed to write a 500-word post but I'm later writing a 2,000-word post. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I I so relate. It's like... (laughs) You go get down those rabbit holes, you research it, and you're, you know, got this one angle, you didn't set up of something. Oh. I know it takes me like sometimes two hours just to do the keyword research, you know, like yes. I, the, every, I got on every single rabbit hole I can. And then the pictures, sometimes I think, no, that's not a good enough picture. And then I look at another 30 pictures and come yep. back and still choose that first one. Uh. <laughs> I'm not good at doing things fast, but uh, having said that, when a client sends me something, I do, I try and do it within 24 hours. So okay. on Fiverr, I give myself like five days or something, you know, that you've got to give them like a certain amount of time. And then you're on the clock once you get on Fiverr. And oh, okay. I always try and do that work within 24 hours, no matter what it is. Oh, uh-huh. unless it's obviously a mompreneur interview, which takes a few days because it's coming in, you know, to and fro between the people. But you get in all of this work through yeah. Fiverr, like all of these. Um, no, these not all of it. Okay. No. So okay. it started nice. out with Fiverr. So I have yes. done a okay. lot of work on Fiverr. Okay. Um, Interesting. Because yes. I, I, I would just think Fiverrs for graphic designers and website designers and that kind of stuff. But doing this kind yes. of content creation and that kind of stuff. That's very interesting for moms out there. Go and check out Fiverr and Upwork and those kinds of sites. You know, there might be ways of getting clients through that. Okay, so that's got got you started. Exactly. Lynn even sells books on Fiverr, by the way. Uh, Okay. Lynn even sells her book on addiction on Fiverr. It's amazing what you can put up on Fiverr. So it was Lynn again. Like when she first told me about this gig that I could do this content writing on Fiverr, I I actually, I put up a a, a post on Wealthier affiliate saying that we're doing a really cheeky gig because to me it seemed really cheeky you're going to gonna ask somebody to send you a post that they've specifically written for your website for your audience and you're not going to pay them to write it they're going to pay you to put it (laughs) on your site like I was like what you can't be serious people are going to pay me to do this (laughs) 
you know, and and they do. And now they pay me like daily to do that, like various different. Oh, cool. I have companies who send me work. I have, um, you know, I, yeah, there is Fiverr and then I've got a, a couple of companies, one in, the, one in the UK and one in the States that sends me regular work and then a couple of other ad hoc companies that do it as well, like agencies mm-hmm. basically, SEO yeah. agencies. Okay. Yeah, backlinking yeah. agencies essentially because what they're looking for is they're looking for the link within that article to their client. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's all yeah. they want on your blog. Okay. So so there is there are pros and cons of doing this work. Uh-huh. The pro is definitely that you're getting in money every time you're putting up the post. The con is that the post isn't always necessarily, like, for example, my laurenkinghorn.com site. I've accepted so many posts on that site that are not to do with my core offering at all, you know, and it, it does dilute your brand a bit okay. mm-hmm. and, and in some cases a lot. And essentially what it means is the very next site that I build, which is the one I'm planning on now, is not going to be a sponsored post site. I'm not going to accept okay. sponsored posts. I'm going to build all of the content myself. Yes, I may still have my content writer write some of the posts, but at the beginning, and, and at the beginning of any site, I always recommend that you write at least the first 20 to 50 posts yourself. Yes. Um, I think it's yes. really, really important that mm-hmm. that those first posts are all of you in the site so that you you know you have enough stuff to lean on that has built the actual brand. Yes. Yeah. And yes. then also the people yes. who are sending you work know what they need to send as well. You know, you've mm-hmm. defined yourself in the marketplace already. So it's a way, to, yeah. So it's basically short-term. There's always this thing in business. There's short-term income and there's long-term income, right? Mm-hmm. Or there's 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 the small income versus the big idea or the big brand. So I'm always going to keep my brands really small and my income really small if I stay selling these posts. So I have to take a different strategy if I'm going to build a really big business. And I know the strategy I want to follow. It's just about choosing the right, you know, doing the market research now and doing it properly, doing it properly from the start. So building the brand brick by brick myself, essentially. Just me. Very cool. But so exciting. And before we actually hit record, we were chatting about some minimum viable products, my favorite topic um, of of you, because you mentioned doing that market research and how putting out a minimum viable product into the marketplace does give you that kind of market feedback. So um, for those of you who the first, that this is the first time you've heard of minimum viable products, it's basically the least you can do to put out this product and get it out into the market so that people will test it for you, that they will uh, buy it or not buy it. And you will then get feedback. Are people actually passing with their money to get this product? And you have not spent days and days developing the product. It's a quick product that you can put together. Maybe there's not even a lot that you do have to put together. Maybe it's like a, you know, a call, like a Q&A call, uh, ask me anything, one hour call. You know, that could be your minimum viable product for a, a course that you then later sell. So that's an example of a minimum viable product. But you can look minimum viable in so many other directions in terms of your minimum viable marketing, in terms of your minimum viable value that you're giving to people in in the product. So let's talk a little bit about minimum viable product and and your plans now for the next 
part of your business of how you can test your ideas and, and get that feedback. Well, I love this idea. When I first heard you talking about it, you were doing the reflections on Lynn's one. So that's what I was listening to. And I just it just hit me. It's like, that's what I need to do next. I need to create this minimum viable product. So I need to decide what it's going to be. Is it going to be an ebook? Is it going to be a mini course? Is it going to be? So, okay. So if it's going to be in my zone of genius, <laughs> it needs to be this kind of thing. Like you and I are sitting and chatting because I'm at my best when I am talking with people and coaching them and mentoring them. So obviously I'd need to create some kind of setup. And what has always been holding me back is I've always thinking, but, you know, if I'm going to coach someone or mentor someone, I need to go get some sort of coaching license to set myself up as a coach. But now that you're talking about minimum viable product, maybe I don't need to do that. Maybe I just need to have enough information about some particular subject that I can impart that knowledge. So the journey that I've been on recently is a very personal, a personal journey into becoming a whole food plant-based eater, a plantarian or whatever they call it. Okay. So, um, and I have had a brief foray or a couple of brief forays into vegan whole food plant-based, which is a very, very tiny little subsection of the plant-based world. No <laughs> process, no animal, you know, anything. So no dairy, etc. And then loads of fruits and vegetables. And main thing is no processed food, no processed food, as little as possible processed food, because it's virtually impossible to have nothing at all. So I've been going on this journey myself. And I think what has been different about my journey and probably not so different to many people out there, so there's probably enough of a market to look into this, is that I'm doing it, but my family isn't. So my husband is really a big meat eater. He loves his meat. He doesn't want to change. And my son does not want to change. There's no reason why he has to. He can make that decision later in life. So first of all, how as a mom in a family, you're going to cook for a family who is not going plant-based while you are, and who is kind of sort of teasing you about it a lot and, and making it like a, a thing, you know, and it's really like it's hitting all your principles. So the thing is, there's a huge percentage of people, if they go plant-based and their family doesn't, they don't stick to it. So that's the course I need to create. I need to create a course where I help people who have gone plant-based, but their family has not gone the road with them. And especially moms who have a family to feed and who have to figure out how they're going to cook for both sides and be a, still live with themselves. Because if they've gone vegan because of the animals, it's really difficult. It's just not, it's not easy to, to think about. It. And, and you know that a bacon or any processed meat is a type 1 carcinogen. And you've got to get your mind around that and, and not be pushy. Um, because if you push those beliefs out there, there's nothing worse than making you feel bad about what you're doing. So, and I, I've noticed that the plant-based people have a very beautiful way of putting things across where they don't make people feel small or bad or because you can be plant-based and not vegan. Okay. That's so exciting. So that's your next project. It's this experiment to put out there and you go, I've seen this need. There's, you know, these moms who are looking to change the way that they are, that they are eating, but within a family who is not going to change in the same way. And so you've got this hypothesis of like, I feel that this is the need and, and then mm. going, all right, how do we, how do we take that next step? And yeah, there could be all kinds of, it makes you quite excited 
thinking of all the different um, (laughs) MVPs you could come across. I've just discovered one that I love. It's called Hello Audio. It's an audio course, actually, is what it is. Ah. So you can get people to pay for it, and then they just get it into their podcast player. So they pay for it outside of this, Ah. and then they handle sending it through and you can then listen to it as a course as you would listen to a podcast series or you know podcasts um, and it comes into your podcast player because I think a lot of the online courses as well are really great and the online course platforms are great but I find I I need to be sitting at my computer so there's just that limitation but I love listening to podcasts obviously and so I Mm. love this idea of turning audio into like a product and then you know sort of drip feeding it into into particular days I love that idea yeah, I'll link to that in the show notes. Oh, check it out. Yeah. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to so, create this minimum viable product. That is exciting. Yeah. You know what I've yeah. seen people doing very successfully is on LinkedIn. So they'll create a little course and they'll just advertise it on LinkedIn. So it'll literally be, I've got together these five people, all five of us are going to talk about such and such a subject. I love that idea. Mm. I think there's so many minimum viable product ideas. I think the idea is to get really niche, to go solve a really specific problem and like a a more acute problem than solving the whole nine yards. But like, getting okay. into one particular area but things like you're know, like doing uh, reports yeah. or um well maybe you know maybe it's even like a, a like a bunch of sentences you can say um when to explain your new plant-based diet or like um you know so it can be like a cheat sheet of 50 50 ways to integrate your plant-based diet in your family um so yes. it could yeah and cool. yeah I'm even thinking like almost a like a 30 day uh, like audio thing I think would be nice almost um Mm. now I don't know as I was thinking because I listen to podcasts often when I'm cooking and you know it could be things that you're saying while you're cooking to like yeah just bring joy to this food like of actually like maybe mantras or something a little bit more woo woo like that (laughs) it's also the motivation that people need because I think Mm. that's the biggest thing that people struggle it's the reason they give up is because they feel you know that's what I want to help them with I want to keep them motivated every day you're right I think like a 21 day or a 30 day or something like that will really help just to get Mm. them established on it because it it is really hard I did a 21 day vegan kickstart it was great um but I think it would have even been greater if there had been a community supporting each other um yeah, so I think that there is good. It has to be a community around it, and maybe like a mastermind. Yes, or is that going not minimum viable product anymore? Uh, yes, I would say that's <laughs> like the next step. But so I think you know, okay. if I get you know, get them motivated, get them with, with the kick the kickstart yeah. kind of ideas is ideal for minimum viable products and then you can actually you could probably offer like a bonus call at the end. I haven't haven't been through your thirty yes. day or twenty one day kickstart offer a bonus one-on-one call with See you, what they you know, need. 30 minutes chat to them what mm. did they think of the course and and what do they need going further and then yes. see, yeah is it awesome. is it more, is it more community support but oh, yes I definitely exactly. would layer like layer those those like from the minimum viable product is just like one aspect of the problem and then you go deeper and deeper into yeah. like a more uh holistic transformation that you can then offer them mm. in in your higher level kind of products and more, also maybe more one-on-one type um specific oh, yeah I'm excited 
<laughs> I can see yeah. the big product as well at the end. Uh, I can see like, nice. you know what? Did you ever do Deepak Chopra's, any of Deepak Chopra's meditation courses? With no, like no. a 21 day. Oh, they're so awesome. But it's like uh-huh. so motivating. It's just a few little things in the morning and then you do the meditation and then you just start your day off so great. So <laughs> and it's nice, always on a different yeah. theme. So it might be yeah. prosperity or health and wellness or whatever. So you go through this thing. So I, I, I can see the course having those kind of dimensions as well that we'd start off with mm. like a little meditation <laughs> and just yeah just to like a little bit of I think moms need self-care as well so a yeah. little bit of self-care built in would be great where they just and then a little bit of time where they get to chat to each other and uh, yeah I can I, I'm, I'm excited about this idea I think it's gonna be Ooh. great but we just um, support each other to get through this thing because it's it isn't it isn't easy yeah. It's not as hard as it looks. It's not as hard as you think it's going to be when you go in, but it's also mm-hmm. harder in other ways. So it's like it's yeah. difficult to explain until you actually go through the experience. You think you're going to miss a whole lot of foods. You actually don't. The, I suppose the hardest, one of the hardest parts is just breaking through everybody else's belief systems and also realizing you don't have to. You only have to make sure your own belief system is rock solid. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then, Yeah. And to, yeah, I think to give Something them like the that. tools that they that they then need yes. in those moments that they've got toolkit Keep, that they've built exactly. up. Exactly. So then yeah. they can kind of stay the course. Very, very cool. Exactly. Yeah, it's gonna be Sounds fun. Awesome, Lauren. That's where we're going to wrap things up for this week's episode. And because I'm not going to be doing a reflection episode, I thought I would tie things up with my three top takeaways that I've just also given some more thoughts to as I have edited this episode and been thinking on what Lauren and I had discussed. So number one is something that I'm learning from all the mom bloggers that I interview on the Playful Mompreneur podcast. I think that blogging is a really great option as a business model for mom entrepreneurs because it is something that you can do from home, that you can do in conjunction and in alignment with your kids. And I think it is a wonderful business model, but it is a whole other business model. There are a whole plethora of tactics that I didn't even know about that you can use if you are operating in the blogging business model as opposed to the business model of selling a service or a particular product. And of course, you can combine the the two or the three, um, but blogging really does need to be seen as this different business model. And I'm just so amazed to hear about all the different tactics. Lauren talked about affiliate marketing, about sponsored posts, about guest posts, doing gigs on Fiverr, uh, even doing digital products. So there are so many ways that you can make money from blogging, including, of course, advertising, the, the expected one. But it is a whole business model. And if you are going to get into monetizing your blog, then do your research, talk to other bloggers out there. I've found the mom bloggers to be so caring and sharing. So get some research so that you can go at it with the right kind of approach. But of course, all of this can feel really overwhelming. And so that brings me to takeaway number two is how do you choose the right tactics to use and how do you choose the right business model and the right product and everything else? And of course, you know my answer to that. You need to test it with a minimum viable product. So that's takeaway number two is use minimum viable products to get answers about your business, especially when you're feeling overwhelmed in this place of decision fatigue. 
what is the least amount of work you can do to get some kind of offer out there into the world and then get feedback on it from real customers. In the process, of course, you're getting money in the door, but even more important than that, I would say, is you're getting information about what people love about your product and how you can actually leverage that in the world. And I think when you're doing this, it's really best to cater to a niche market like Lauren's audience of moms who are going plant-based, but the rest of the family is not. I think if you can find a really niche audience like that, all the better. And then takeaway number three also kind of links to that. So Lauren is starting this new business now around her passion for plant-based eating. She started her first blog around her passion for breastfeeding. Um, And the question comes up is, should you start a business around your passion? Is it a good idea to monetize a passion or an interest that you're having at that stage of life? And I would say it depends. And I've been pondering this because I think they are starting to become these two camps in terms of the passion um, debate. And some people say, never start a business around your passion because you will ruin your love of that particular thing, whether it's art or whether it's music or what it is, um, because you'll have to operate in a business context with that passion. And then the other side is like, you have to be super passionate about what it is you're doing for your business. You know, you have to um, always be so excited about what you're doing. And the thing is that there's a middle ground. There's a middle ground of being passionate about what it is that you do, but also knowing that not every day is going to be um, amazing and without its struggles. And I think something that I'm having to learn is that you don't have to monetize every single one of your passions. When you're a multi-passionate person, you can choose to just monetize one area of, of passion and enthusiasm. And like Lauren even mentions that she's looking to sell Happy Human Pacifier to let go of that, to make room for a new passion. So be aware that that's not the only criteria for choosing a business model or in a business idea. Yes, you need to be passionate about it, but just because you're passionate about something doesn't mean you need to turn it into a business. And just because you can make money from something, but you're not passionate about it also doesn't mean you should turn that into a business either. So think about what kind of is in the middle of that Venn diagram, something that you're passionate about. That's one of your probably many passions, if you're anything like me or Lauren, and then that you can also make good money out of it and be happy to kind of turn up day to day in a business. But again, just coming back to point number two, is using that MVP is often a great way to do it, to investigate this, to go, let me put out an MVP with no sort of strings attached. Let me test if this passion of mine is something that's going to be received by the market from a business perspective and whether I want to actually then sustain that. How can I do that in the simplest, quickest way so that I can get that information and then really move forward um, with confidence? So I really do think you need a bit of both. You need you need 
the, the passion element and then you need the business savvy as well. So I really loved this interview with Lauren. I hope you did too. And I hope you'll tune in next week for the next part of my interview where we dive into how Lauren sort of manages her time and her productivity. There are some amazing insights that came out from that part of the interview. So tune in next week to learn her secrets of how she balances life as a mom and as this multi-passionate entrepreneur. And I thank you so much for spending this time with me today. See you next week, Playful Mompreneurs. That's the end of our Mompreneur Playdate today. But come again soon. Subscribe and tune in wherever you listen to podcasts. But the best way to make sure that you don't miss an episode and to get free bonus content is to get onto the Playful Mompreneur email list at playfulmompreneur.com. That's also where you'll find the show notes for today's episode. So head to playfulmompreneur.com and sign up there. And then playing is even more fun with friends, right? So please share the Playful Mompreneur podcast with all your mompreneur friends by sending them over to playfulmompreneur.com or tell them to search the Playful Mompreneur on Apple Podcasts or wherever they listen to podcasts. You can also help me to spread the word by leaving a favorable review on Apple Podcasts. I'd absolutely love that. Thanks so much for tuning in, spreading the word, and most of all, being playfully and wonderfully you. Now it's time to go off and be a playful mompreneur.